I'm Jonathan Goldstein, host of Wiretap. Each week you're invited to listen in on my telephone conversations, whether funny, sad, wistful, or even slightly strange. You never know just what you might hear on Wiretap. Uh, I mean, I knew you had a show. I just, I just didn't think that people actually listened to it. Howard, That's you... the breath of your genius, Jonathan. It's not just that you're funny, but you can be cripplingly, poignantly depressing. The Wiretap Archives, available on CBC Listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. So for the band The Beaches, it was like when everything came apart, that everything came together. What I mean by that is they were dropped from their label, they were without a manager, they were going through breakups with their partners, and then The Beaches turned that moment into having the biggest song on TikTok right now. Nelly Furtado singing her song, Demi Lovato, Blink-182 singing their song. They'll be here to tell you about that and exactly who they're talking about on their new album, Blame My Ex. That's coming up. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Listen, I love this song. It's been on at our house a lot over the past few weeks. Just take a listen. Beaches, I love the title of the song too. What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Paranoid. It's off their brand new album, Blame My Ex. And the album, as you uh, might have guessed from the title, was kind of inspired by the lead singer of the band, Jordan Miller, a breakup that she went through. But that's not all. And they're going to tell you about it in just a second. The Beaches uh, were dropped from their major label. They fired their managers. Their new management team told them that if their next record wasn't a hit, they really didn't see the band going anywhere. So that's a lot to take in, but what ended up coming out of that is, I think, one of the most feel-good stories in Canadian music in years. The Beaches, who had, you know, put out records for years and won a Juno, but I think felt like they hadn't really broken through. All that stuff I just told you that they went through led to the big moment they're having right now. Blame My Ex is their biggest selling album ever. The single, Blame Brett, is the biggest song of their career so far. It's it's blown up all over the world. Their latest tour is completely sold out. So I was waiting to get two of them into our studio to tell you what exactly happened here. So let's do it. This is Jordan and Kylie Miller from The Beaches. Hey, Tom. Tom. Good to see you again. You guys said that at the same time. I know. know We're sisters. We we will sometimes speak at the same time and say the same thing. (laughs) Congratulations on the album. Thank you. Everyone feeling good? Yeah. So good. Uh, Just overwhelmed. Like, it's been an overwhelming experience. We worked so hard on this record, and as you said, like, it came out of, like, quite a bit of adversity. Um, But so to, like, come through it and write about those experiences and put it out there and to have so many people, like, connect with the songs and like them and all the weird cameo celebrity things that have been shared to us recently. Like, it's been so cool. We're going to talk about that in a second. (laughs) Kylie, can we do talk about the sort of the businessy part of the... Sure. I love that you know that that's my role. I like that you know that that's her role. (laughs) I had a a 50-50 chance of getting it right. I mean, it's my blazer. It just screams. You know what? It's never the singer. Yeah. No, exactly. It's the puka shells that I'm wearing that it's giving away that this one isn't serious. (laughs) Yeah, the fact that you're wearing board shorts and doing this all the time and going like, nah, man, I would ask whatever you want. There you go. In all seriousness, the 
My understanding is, and I hope you might talk me through it if you if yeah. you'd like to do that, um, is that so the last time you guys were here, it was with a, a major label mm-hmm. and with a different management. That is true, yeah. And that was great for a little while, but then obviously COVID happened and the structure of the major label system shifted even more where our band just really didn't fit. There wasn't a place for us. So we ended up being dropped. And then at that same time, we also decided to fire our management team. And we also lost our U.S. agent. So pretty much like completely had to start from scratch and start new. Um, But that also lended us like an opportunity to really evaluate what it is we wanted, what our team wanted to stand for, like what the next pe- like piece of work was going to be. Yeah, um, I remember, like, um, I think it was someone on our agent's team, like, it might have been our agent, who said, like, this next record that you put out is kind of going to be what makes you or breaks you. Like, if it doesn't do well, um, I, I don't really see there being a lot of growth for you guys. So oh man, whatever. What a thing to hear. Well, yeah, it was, it was important. It's important <laughs> to hear, too, though. Like, you have to trust the people that are on your team when they're telling you these sort of hard truths. And... You know, when you get that sort of a statement, you you kind of are like, okay, well, if this is our make or break album, we might as well make something that we're really proud of that we would want to listen to. So you get a lot of creative freedom as a result of that pressure. What well, uh, creative freedom wise, like, did did these changes in like your structure and like the because also there's like pressure. There's a line on the record that stuck out to me, and I might be reading too much into it, but there's a, a line on the record that's something like. Um, I'm all about girls. I hear so much about girls supporting girls, but I oh. woke up with a bunch of dudes telling me what to do. Is that yeah, your line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. And everything is boring. I was thinking about girls supporting other girls. Then I woke up in a meeting with a bunch of random dudes telling me what I should do. The notion kills me. Is that kind of about? I would say I think that like definitely was kind of like the reality that we were living in when we were in the major label system a lot of the time it's like sitting in a boardroom and it's like they go through every single like part of the band it's like what we're wearing you know all the music not being poppy enough like it's just it is it's like having someone control every single fragment of what it is we're doing what we're saying and all that and you know there can be really great experiences with labels and I know that they're, they're really helpful at the beginning especially for getting your name out there and having money to like back the project is very important. Sure. Also, candidly, we, we wouldn't be here had we not gone through the, the label system as yeah. well. So yeah. the, they, you know, they are a part of the success of this record too. But it is nice to also then, you you getting to be that person to make all those calls, like when yeah. that shifts and it's, you have the power, that really is like nice to to have that change, I would say. Totally. What did you say to one another? What did you say to one another in terms of what you wanted this record to be? Well, create, like sonically, we were kind of... We started writing the record before my breakup breakup happened. So in the beginning, it was a lot of just us going into sessions with people we hadn't worked with before. We did a Nashville trip. Um, We worked with a bunch of other Canadian writers. Yeah, there also is like so much talent in this country that we were not accessing. Like we were always going to L.A., to do like writing trips and to, to work with people there. And really there are so many people in Toronto and in like all over the country that are like really just as talented and you can kind of get like even a better product in my opinion yeah. than yeah. going somewhere else yeah. because you also get the funding which is super helpful. So, so, yeah, definitely. So yeah. we were throwing a lot of stuff at the wall and seeing what stuck and then um, we, we wrote a couple songs that ended up in the record from that period and then my breakup happened mm-hmm. which kind of like shifted things and so I started writing about that a lot and then that kind of drove 
the sonics a little bit more to because I was feeling quite happy sad about it, so I wanted like the sound to be very happy sad, which is. And so we were listening to like a lot of new wave bands and The Cure, mm-hmm. taking cues from that, and the record kind of evolved like through those experiences. Can we can we listen to the big song? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't be in the I hear the new wave there. Yeah. yeah. I hear the cure. You can hear it. It's it's, it's all the, over the it's place. It's in the guitar tones. Yeah. Like it, it's just really kind of dialing those little things in. Yeah. It's a great song. So that's Thank that's uh, Blame Brad by the Beaches. The first time I heard that song, um, well, actually, the first time I heard that song, I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone in Canada was like, everyone in Canada was like, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> <laughs> that's my words exactly. Yeah. Jordan? Let's do it. Yeah. What's, the, what's the song? What, what's, what's the song about? Okay. Well, the song actually it's a misleading title because it's not really about Brett. Um, who? Who is Brett? Um, Brett from the Glorious Sons. Your ex boyfriend is in a very very successful Canadian band. Exactly. We did it. Keep going. Yes, yeah. We did it. We we touched on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd I'd been on a couple dates with this other new guy I was seeing, and he told me he loved me. Like three dates in. Rough. And yeah, it was just, I was like, oh man, I'm not over my ex yet. And I'm starting to feel like a bad person. Like, should I be over him? So I came in with this sort of idea to write a song apologizing to all the future people that I was going to see. Being like, I'm sorry in advance. I'm probably going to like break your heart because my heart's been broken. LOL, don't blame me though. Blame my (laughs) ex-boyfriend. So it's sort of like... The song's like a nice long setup for a joke. Did you? And I did ask him. You yeah. did? Yeah. <laughs> he, Is that um, a text or a phone? Can I? I. I so I did give him a phone call. I was like, hey, I'm in the studio. Um, we had this really funny idea. I told him like the concept of the song, and I said, the tag we were thinking could be, don't blame me, blame Brett. And he, he sort of was like, oh, if there's going to be a lot of 19-year-old girls that are going to hate me. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, they, 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 the, yeah, so I, he was he was prepared for it. He gave me his consent and his blessing. Um He's like, you couldn't find another name, eh? I'm like, the Blame Brad just like has really good alliteration. I don't know what, what? to say. Blame Brad? Blame like, Brad. No. Blame Seth. Blame Seth. Yeah, it doesn't work. It, it had to be. It had to be Blame Brad. Blame Stuart? Yeah. It doesn't even work. No. Yeah. Blame um, Tom? No. <laughs> listen, works perfectly. You know, yeah. and listen, everyone's already mad at me enough. So um, uh, what I love that you said there, because the first time I heard it, that's weird to talk about. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. This is the first time I heard it. I did think that's a spicy meatball. Yeah. Well, I thought like, oh, this is like, this is a song. It reminded me of the song from that movie Road Trip. Do you remember? Oh, Scotty doesn't know. Scotty that's doesn't know. Everyone's been saying. And, totally. But that's what I thought yeah. at first. I was like, oh, oh, geez. I thought to myself like, oh, is this sort of like um, salacious or something like that? And then when I listened to it, Jordan, hey, you're just a great songwriter. Thank you. But when I listened to it, 
You pulled off something so nuanced and so hard in this song, which is that you think the song's about blaming somebody and like it's not and it's I'm about the, how sad you are yeah that's what it is it's i'm the villain in the song when people are always like oh f brad i'm like no you guys are missing the idea of the song it's about the whole record even you know there's a lot of great breakup records out there especially the contemporary ones where people will dive into the relationship and what went wrong there i'm kind of private and i didn't want to do that but i did want to talk about what i was feeling so the record it is a breakup album, but it's about what happens to you after a breakup yeah. and all the mixed feelings and like the self-rediscovery and, you know, the self-loathing, all of the mixed bag of emotions that you go through. Um, but yeah. thank you for noticing that. Yeah. You, you, you made a really like beautiful, introspective yeah, vulnerable. If you don't mind me saying yeah, so, it was song. Is the whole record? It was. It's always been really tricky for me to be vulnerable and open. If you listen to my previous songs, I'll talk about like unfortunate experiences, yeah. but I'll, it'll be dripping in irony and they'll be really funny. So yeah. you really don't feel it. But with this, like, you have to. There has to be some genuine sadness that is in it because it was a really sad and devastating time for me. Um, but yeah, with Blaine Brett, there still is a little bit of humor in it with the chorus. But it is really about like me just not being over him. Kylie, how was it for you? Like, how was it for you when your sister's going through something really hard like that? Uh, it was, you know, it was tough to see, but it was also, I think, really inspiring to all of us that Jordan was able to channel such a hard period into something so positive like to come into the studio every day and write about what you're going through is not an easy feat it's basically like going to therapy with your best friends every single day yeah and, kind your, of, and your family member and your, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um so it was hard but i think like it brought us closer together for sure and it also helped us kind of bond a little bit more i think when you're in a relationship with another musician and it, you're traveling a lot and you're long distance it's hard to kind of keep friendships like close and yeah, when you sure. you guys broke up i think that the band we all became so much closer yeah. and jordan and my relationship really improved and with eliza and leandra as well and no totally I think the record really bonded us together and then right afterwards leandra and i also got dumped it's like jordan cursed <laughs> I us cursed, i cursed the world <laughs> apparently because it seems like everyone's breaking up <laughs> they wanted to get a song named after him uh, yeah no. totally <laughs> but <laughs> it just helped us the whole record actually helped us kind of through our own breakups Break yeah. as well well there's one song on the record edge of the earth that's not about me it's about alex and leandra sorry leandra's our keyboardist about their relationship and it's sort of about that relationship coming apart as well it's, but uh, it sounds like it's it's four of you guys yeah, yeah. in a room processing the same thing at the same time yeah. and like being able to not to be too sappy here but like being able to lean on one another totally no i honestly don't know how i would have gotten through that experience without the girls i, I i'd never been like that sad before because like it's true what they say about heartbreak that you feel it physically in in your heart. I hate being that cheesy in that. Come literal, on, you're at the CBC. This is yeah, the place to do it. Yeah, yeah, this is the place to do. But um, I just like remember like leaning on the girls when we when we shot the video for What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Paranoid. I had to kind of I wanted to like really give a good acting performance in that. So you I did. like well I listened to like Gloria Sun songs before. I like <laughs> really tortured myself to like get my 
to like get back to the place where I was missing him so much. And there's one scene where um, I break a mirror and then go immediately walk over to the girls and embrace them. And I started to cry in the video because it felt uh-huh. like I did. It felt like it because I, I got so much strength from my relationship with um, the other beaches. We'll be right back. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts. Since then, the song goes crazy. And yeah. I'm going to get in trouble for this, but it it went Canadian crazy first. It did. It did. And then it went like crazy crazy. Yeah. Um, I think over the summer, it was like the most added song on Canadian radio. It's been and 12 weeks and number one. Is it or, still 12? Or, or 11? I think, I don't know if we're still number one this week. Yeah, we, we are. are. Oh, wow. I love, I love that Kylie's the business-oriented person. Come at me, Hozier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, the, that's my favorite single on the record. Then, um, <laughs> but then it gets even bigger than that because of TikTok. I mean, yeah. So yeah. last I saw was Demi Lovato was singing it. Yeah, and then Crazy. we just had Mark Hoppus from Blink-182 singing it. Nelly Furtado was singing it. Yeah. I was a little bit cynical using TikTok in the beginning, but I've really come to love it as a tool to like share your music with people. One of the funnest things is like watching, you know, young women uh, lip sync to the song and like share their own experiences or like do a fashion show to it, like just feel empowered by it. You don't really get to see that directly um, unless like you don't really get to see fan reactions directly in the music industry unless you're on stage. So it's been really cool just to see people digging it. Does it change your um, I don't want to say like your bottom line, but like, does it does it help? Like, does blowing up on TikTok? Are you noticing a difference between this and like when your records did well in the, the past? The records were sold out, so yeah, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's like the big concerns. Like sometimes people are worried that TikTok followers don't mean like they don't translate. Not, not like that that they're actual fans. Yeah, but, Steve Steve Lacey had that line where he was like, "All anyone wants to hear is the twelve seconds of my song." Yeah, you know, that and kind of thing. that can that can end up being a thing for a lot of people. But the interesting thing that's happening with us is that these young people or people all over, I don't know how old they are, they're discovering us through TikTok, but then they're going through our entire discography. Like, they're just becoming hooked on not even just this record, but the old stuff, too. So we're actually accumulating fans, and that's why our whole tour is sold out, because I think people are diving back in, and then they're kind of falling in love with Late Show. They're falling in love with the professional stuff that they've never heard. I just think that our band hasn't been exposed to them before. Yeah. Yeah. Look what you're doing on your own, right? I yeah, know. hire a Gen X girl to film you a bunch. Well, it, it, it's that, <laughs> but it, it's also just really leaning and trusting our management team yeah. and, like, again, utilizing the things that Canada has to offer. We're so lucky that we got to work with Gus Bingo and Lowell as co-producers for this record because they really just did a dynamite job and... It was. Uh, she's some songwriter, man. She's incredible. She's the best in the world. She's an unbelievable songwriter. Yeah. I remember oh, her. Old, she she was on the show the first 
time I guest hosted this show. Really? Yeah, it was her. You know Terry Crews, like the the big. He was in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, the two yeah. the two guests. The day I first I was twenty five. The, the the first day I hosted the show, it was Lowell and Terry Crews. Excellent. Uh, no notes. <laughs> <laughs> she's Amazing. an unbelievable songwriter. So she, yeah, yeah. She's in, and yeah. Gus, Gus is incredible too. Let me let me. I know we're running out of time, so let me um, ask this then. Jordan is. Is there something? Is there some kind of feeling that gets conjured that the this devastating thing you went through, and like from what I can tell from talking to you, it was devastating. Yeah, is the thing that is propelling your band and giving you this new life. Um, like the the experience. Like, is are you saying like, do it's, I feel like better? Like I've come out of a bad experience. No, it, it just it must be an interesting feeling. It like, is so interesting knowing that the thing that you went through is the thing that's actually helping other people and helping your band find new people. And I think that's what has made me feel comforted. Like has comforted me is that it's helping people. I was really nervous to like play these songs live because I was like, oh man, am I going to be like traumatizing myself again and again reliving yeah. these experiences? But now that the music's out there and people are sharing their own experiences with me it, they no longer feel like my songs like I did they I did write them and they did come from a horrible experience but like everybody experiences heartbreak so everyone can take yeah. what they will from it and um yeah and I love that I was able to do that beautiful beautiful yeah. record thank and, you so thank much you. <laughs> and I feel like just I, I think I feel a certain like affection for people who are on the show and like my first year of the show when I didn't really know what I was doing <laughs> when I what I mean by that is I fully didn't know what I was doing yeah. and you never we, seemed like we that. didn't we couldn't have guessed oh uh, yeah well you should have okay. and the uh, so so I think anytime like when I just when I've seen this happen for you guys I have felt so happy for you thank, thank you. you so much Tom thanks for coming in don't be in the The biggest song right now. I mean, it's I'm big on TikTok, kind of big on the radio too. The Beaches and Blame Brett. Before that, my conversation with Jordan and Kylie Miller of the Toronto band, The Beaches. All right, that's it for the show today. Um, the other episode we posted today is a two for one, they call that. They call this a two for one. It's uh, my conversation with the filmmaker Jonathan Lawrence, who's from northern Manitoba, who talks about how he was inspired to make a TV show about a gay conversion camp because of the bullying that he went through when he was a kid. And you're going to hear my conversation with Jay Lee Wolf. I didn't expect this at all, but she talks about this like sort of profound physical, spiritual thing that came upon her on set one day that led to her buying her family's farm and anyway, um, and having a, kind of reevaluating her entire life you got to hear her tell that story. You can find that on uh, this podcast, wherever you got this podcast in the same feed. All right, we'll see you soon. Later on.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.